Here we go! Happy Pokemon Day, and welcome to the Nintendo Power Zone. We are a video cast slash podcast dedicated to bringing you the best Nintendo-related topics. As always, I am your host, Nice One, and I'm joined by my co-host, Blues. Welcome to the show. It's always glad to be on the show. All right, and ladies and gentlemen, we have had another interesting two weeks. Uh, to be honest, though, most of the news has popped up in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Uh, we have plenty to talk about, and uh, we have two major uh, discussion points today. That's right, not one, but two, because uh, we got some big news at the mm-hmm. tail end of last week. And today, obviously, we had the Pokemon Direct. So, yes, we have two topics that we're going to get into. But first, we're going to get into the Powered Up news. First news story, Detective Pikachu drops its second trailer. And uh, I got to say, man, I'm finally convinced that this may be the first good movie based on a video game. I finally got a laugh from one of the trailers. It was a stupid laugh, but it was a laugh. It's the part of the trailer where- The Lady Colo? No, it's the part oh. where he's about to fight the, where he's fighting the Charizard. Oh, the Charizard, in like the, yeah. In like the UFC octagon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's all yeah. curled up in a ball. And then Ryan Reynolds and his voice goes, Pika, Pika. I don't know why that got a stupid laugh out of me, but it made me laugh like hysterically. So I was like, okay, I, f- I finally get the humor. It's Now it's funny to hear Ryan Reynolds' voice as mm-hmm. Pikachu. Because like he does that like super high pitch, like Pika Pika. And I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. Hmm. Aside from that, we got to look at some other Pokemon. Uh, like Ludicolo. Oh, Ludicolo <laughs> looked weird. It looked more coconut yeah. than I thought it mm-hmm. was. Yeah. I, I, was, I, always thought him, I, I always thought of Ludicolo as a pineapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looked I'm, like a coconut. I'm not sure. As a big Ludicolo fan, I'm not sure I necessarily like the design. But honestly, just like after looking at it a bit more, I don't hate it. I don't I don't hate it. A lot of the Pokemon in this just look furrier than you think they might. Yeah, um, Snorlax especially. Snorlax looks really hairy. I mean, Jigglypuff was hairy, too. Like, a lot of them I just didn't expect to be hairy are super-duper hairy. Like, Pikachu usually has, like, shorter fur, but the right in the nose Pikachu detective guy has fairly long hair that, like, you know, fuzzes out a bit. And you can see that. Well, I guess that I makes think, sense. If you're applying uh-huh. like a mouse, like, analogy mm-hmm. to, like, a Pikachu, they are a little bit fuzzier. Yeah. Uh, the Pokemon that I that really got me going, though, I really enjoyed the way that they portray Mewtwo. I was going to uh, say, Mewtwo didn't look half bad. I was surprised. Uh, it looked a little bit more human-y than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead yeah. of more, like, feline. But I, I ultimately, I did enjoy the design of Mewtwo. I think mm-hmm. got a nice look at it. Aside from that, I thought the trailer was a little bit more graphic than I anticipated the film would yeah. be. Like where Pikachu's saying, get me the hell out of here. And he's like uh-huh. having like a freak out when he's in the cage. Or the assassination of the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving uh, Day Parade uh, mm-hmm. Pikachu float. He just popped it. I love the face that just like comes at you. It was like, they didn't say if this movie was going to be in 3D, 3D, did they? I don't know if they've said that or not. But it's weird. It was definitely a 3D effect that they applied to that like murder of the Pikachu balloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm a little. It's weird, though. One change that I noticed from the game is that Pikachu can actually use electric attacks in the film. You can't really yeah. do them in the game. Uh, but then he also had, like, performance anxiety in the steel cage. Which yeah. Is hilarious. Like, he, he, we saw him using, I think, Volt Tackle, correct? 
Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and that was a funny joke too. Where he's like, I can't do it when people are watching. So he's basically, he he basically can't pee in front of people. Like he he'd be terrible at a urinal. But I thought I thought the trailer was good. Uh, any particular any other thoughts that we haven't touched on? Or that? Yeah. Um, I, I you mentioned that it was more graphic than you thought, and I kind of thought it would be more graphic than any of us thought from like the first trailers. But it really, it's I don't say it's on the same level as a Michael Bay film. But it's actually it's get it's getting there. Um, it's I can see that. It's definitely I, I a cool look into this world of Pokemon, and it's not the light we normally would see. It's definitely sort of a grittier, uh, action-packed look in comparison. You know what I really liked about the trailer was I like how they did the uh, the original Pokemon theme, the the little mm-hmm. instrumental remix that they had at the beginning. I was like, I thought that was good. Although mm-hmm. I am so sick of trailers using "I Need a Hero" in their, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of that song. Like, okay, I'm not discounting that that is a fun song, but it's been played to death. And that's Agreed. the thing is like, yeah, they like this. That's what I was more expecting with this film that they'd be really cheesy and hokey. And the trailers are giving off that vibe a, a lot with the music choices. But as far as like what we're actually seeing in the trailers. I'm actually starting to get more. I'm more impressed with this trailer, and I'm starting to think that this maybe could be a good movie. And I'm gonna walk in there with my reservations because it would be foolish to walk into any video game movie and believe that oh, I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna go in there and watch a freaking masterpiece. It's like when, it's like the same grain of salt that I take whenever I go see like an anime movie. Like mm-hmm. I saw Dragon Ball Broly last month, right? That is a fantastic anime movie, but as as a movie. It's like well below like subpar. Like there's a subpar movie and then there's the Broly movie. Like there's a significant gap between the two movies. Uh, but still, like, did I enjoy Broly? Hell yeah, man! Just Dragon Ball Z, explosions, fighting, Kamehameha's, all that good stuff. That's that's what I I don't think the the Detective Pikachu movie wants to actually strive for that because it's a big budget film. Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. you know first po- live action pokemon movie i think you actually have to go for the mark of actually being a good movie mm-hmm. and i think I, that's I a agree. fine line that's a fine line to straddle like how much homage do we pay to the franchise and how much uh, liberties do we take in order to actually make this a good movie and i think mm-hmm. that's what the marvel movies get kind of right like how much homage do we put in these films and how much do we get right for the general audience and I think that's the blend that Detective Pikachu needs to hit, which I was talking to After Party about this, Mario After Party. And he was telling me that, uh, and I hadn't really thought about this, but what he was saying was uh, who, uh, that it makes sense that they actually chose, you know, that they're doing a Detective Pikachu film versus a traditional, you know, Pokemon story with a trainer, eight badges and all that good stuff. Like, it's because they chose Detective Pikachu, they may have more creative freedom than what uh, instead of just going on the traditional hero's journey that you get mm-hmm. if we were to do like, you know, starting from the Kanto region with Trainer Red and moving up until, you know, the Pokemon League. And honestly, if you did that movie, you'd probably need to do that as like a trilogy in and of itself mm-hmm. to do it any kind of justice. So good insight from Mara after party. Every now and then he gives me a good nugget that I get to toss into the show. <laughs> uh any other thoughts 
Um, no, I kind of had a similar thought to my after party there, but I mean, it was, um, what's, what's the word I'm trying to find? It was, it was already covered, but the, if I don't remember it, it's not important, whatever. <laughs> well, so we did get to see more Pokemon in the trailer. That's what I like. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, we got a, a really good look at Charizard this trailer. Like the best look mm -hmm. we've got at Charizard this far. He's a little scalier than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm start. I'm really starting to dig the Pokemon, you know, designs that we're starting to see. So that that girl who like was where? Who was that girl in the trailer? <laughs> She's supposed to be the secondary antagonist or okay. secondary a protagonist. Protagonist. Did but, she have a Psyduck on her back? What was that? She, yeah, she had a Psyduck. Psyduck. Um, okay. Yeah, but for the for the secondary protagonist to have so little trailer time, like mm -hmm. I. I, there, I I don't know what what kind of end of the stick she's getting if, as far as this film is concerned because yeah she's she's basically the second main character and every trailer thus far has focused on uh, Pikachu and uh, Tim. Mm -hmm. It's Tim in this. They gave we, him the same we, name as the character from the game, right? I believe so, but I'm I know that they they also give a lot more emphasis on Harry Tim's father's disappearance. <laughs> they gave a lot more um plot points that way mm -hmm. yes yes they did actually they made that into a joke harry faked his death or somebody faked harry's death or harry faked someone else's death that last one doesn't make any kind of sense like yeah so yeah the comedy is starting to get 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 uh it's starting to get me i'm starting to appreciate it a how little do you more. feel about the mr mime gag at the end because they're they've been the continuing on with mr mime yeah you know i actually have to explain that joke uh, to my fiance, she, we were watching the trailer together, mm -hmm. and she's like, "I don't get it," and it's because I realized that she doesn't play Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So, and I was like, "Oh, well, that Pokemon is called Mr. Mime, and he's a mime, and he was escaping on a mime bike motorcycle, and he crashed, and then Pikachu said he needed to wear a helmet," and I'm like, "That's the thing, Mr. Mime is not really that popular of a Pokemon," and if you have no vested interest in Pokemon, that joke just seems really stupid. Like I get it. Like I like personally, I got it. But like I, I can see how like a non-Pokemon fan who didn't know the concept of what that Pokemon was would be like, okay, I don't get that joke because it's it just looks stupid. It's like he's a mime. Okay. But yeah, I, I'm personally look. I, if they have any more mime stuff, and if there's another trailer coming out, save it. Because mm -hmm. I feel like you could get a you could do a lot more with Mister Mime as a character. You, you could they're definitely doing a lot more than I expected with him. Like they're giving Mister Mime a lot of screen time, apparently. True. Yeah, he's typically getting like uh, they're using him essentially the way that they use Psyduck in the uh, first couple seasons of the anime. Oh, straight up comedic relief. Okay. Like this Pokemon's stupid because it's slow. But instead, this Pokemon's stupid because it's a mime. I, I do personally, I like the uh, the fact that they're using an obscure character. Uh, better mime than Jinx, personally. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think they want to touch that can of worms, mm -hmm. especially no. in today's environment. All right, but I think I think we've touched on Detective Pikachu enough. Uh, Fair. Mm -hmm. May tenth is the release date, so we're we're creeping up on that. Yeah, it's coming up. You know, they're competing straight up with Avengers uh, Endgame. 
pretty much like the weekend after Endgame. They're pretty oh yeah, they're confident in this movie, which is a like they they must know something about the movie that we still haven't seen. But yeah, a week after Avengers Endgame, Pikachu defeats Thanos. Guys, it's it's it all makes sense now. Oh, oh my god, gosh. you know that's gonna be like that. That's gonna be an actual headline. <laughs> we, should, we should trademark that headline. Be, no, because you're right. Because when it defeats it in sales, oh, shoot. <laughs> Detective Pikachu oh, makes no. $5 million more than Avengers Infinity War opening weekend. <laughs> Has Marvel been dethroned by Pokemon? Yeah, it's coming. Uh, yeah, this is the first real movie. Ugh, come on, guys. Take it easy. That being said, though, they did an, we did talk about this last week that they are moving into they're moving forward with plans for the sequel, so they must be externally confident with this movie. Mm-hmm. But I think that's enough of that. I think it's time to go ahead and move into our next major story. Uh, this is probably this is the last news story we have today, guys, because we really want to jump into our topics. Uh, Evo twenty nineteen the the uh, Evolution Fighting Championships uh, annual. Uh, Basically, this is like the Super Bowl for all fighting games. It's the world's largest fighting game tournament. Yeah, yeah. And they usually have what nine, nine games. Nine games. Yeah. Okay. And then you have a couple of side games that have like mm-hmm. smaller monetary but prizes. The main stage games. Yeah. That everyone the main chooses stage games. Yeah. So this year's Evo, we got a surprise list of games. So let's just start by talking about the games that did get unveiled of these nine. So we have Under the Night in Birth EXC Late. Uh, Latest. Latest, you're right. Which is the longest name for a title ever. I've never even heard of this game. I don't even know if it's... I know a few of these Mm -hmm. games aren't actually out yet, so I'm wondering if this is one of them. Uh, Next up, we have Blaze Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, which... Come on, yeah. Blaze Blue definitely and always deserves a spot on this list. Made by the same t- uh, team that brought you the next game we're gonna throw out there, Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, not surprised by Dragon Ball Fighters in the slightest. Uh, next we have Soul Calibur Six, Tekken Seven, Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition, Samurai Showdown. Nice to see Samurai Showdown on this list. Mortal Kombat Eleven, which is finally, out yeah, <laughs> it comes out in a couple weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And the last but not least, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Melee. Oh, <laughs> no. Melee is not on the list this no, year? Where's Melee? Melee no. is always on the list. What? Yes. So, yes, Melee is officially gone from Evo's fighting roster. And I know a lot of people are triggered by this. Uh, personally, you know what? I think this is a solid list. I mean, I know there are games that aren't out yet, but mm-hmm. you know the game. Where's arms? I, I just need <laughs> arms, and I'll be content. Evo Japan is where probably arms is yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's been at Evo probably. Japan for the last two year, two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing: uh, for the people who are mad that Super Smash Bros. Melee isn't on here, I get your anger. I get your frustration. You've been a staple of Evo for what last five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been on the main stage. You've closed out the show, you know, almost every time uh, when it wasn't Street Fighter or Smash Four. You guys, have, you guys have done amazing. You guys have some of the best players in the world. Here's the thing, though. Evo is is run by sponsorships. Evo happens because of sponsors. The games that aren't even out yet. The reason that they're part of this list is because those developers are throwing cash 
at you know the you know the people who run evil so that they can actually bring you a high quality stream rent an amazing venue and and just bring this you know this fighting series to the world so here's the thing nintendo really wants to promote super smash bros ultimate so they're standing behind that they're throwing evo some money on the side to go ahead and promote their best version of smash bros ever and let's not get it twisted super smash bros ultimate is the best version of smash bar none there are a lot of smash games now and this one is called ultimate for a reason and honestly i think it's time for melee to step aside honestly you guys have done an amazing job of keeping the community alive and just because it's not going to be featured at evo doesn't mean that you won't you know see the community playing you know on gamecubes with crt tvs but the fact of the matter is it costs Evo a lot of money to run Melee because they have mm-hmm. to get CRTs, they have to get GameCubes, and they ha- and the setup for that 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 it's too much. It's too much work, and it decreases the efficiency of what Evo can be. Look, I'm not saying I'm happy that Melee isn't there, but I'm not sad that it's not on the list either. Uh, what are your thoughts, B? Um, I think honestly, one of the biggest reasons is honestly just Evo not wanting to deal with the CRTs. Um, I know that there are a lot of people out there who who just think it's time for Melee to go. Uh, they they are sick of it and what whatever. Um, but I I don't think I think if you are a Melee fan, you you are entitled to like Melee. Um, I I don't want anyone to tell you yet like Melee is a dead game or whatever. I mean, granted, it, I think it would have been great, pretty cool because I know that there is a Japanese player uh, who has been playing, doing good things with Yoshi in Melee recently. And for people always said that it's always the same characters, the same uh, players. You know, we're getting a new player. Uh, I'm not sure if he's actually new, but he he plays Yoshi. And I think that could have been cool to see maybe at a, at a high uh, notoriety tournament. A Yoshi really shake things up. Um so I think it could have been interesting this year on, on that front. Uh, I think there there was a lot of good things going. It was a staple. Uh, a lot of people do watch Melee. Um, I mean, it sounds kind of weird, but it was pro- one of the most watched like tournaments at, at EVO. And there is still just a very high viewership in general for Melee. Uh, it definitely still rivals the Smash Ultimate. It rivals Fortnite sometimes, and there's a big Melee tournament. It, it Melee is very big. I think um, it has nothing to do with you know the lack of variety in in the players, the meta, the whatever. I think it, but I do think it is time to go. I think Melee was a great game. It had its run. I think it's time to go, though. I think we do need to uh, let all this new Smash Ultimate, all these other games, uh, like Samurai Showdown, Mortal Kombat 11, have their spotlight. Because having both two Smash Bros. games in in the Evo spotlight always was taking up a slot of a third game that could have been ARMS or Skullgirls or or some other game. Pokemon that... Tournament. Pokemon mm-hmm, Tournament, yeah. we had one run at Evo, mm-hmm. and... It would have been nice to see uh, Pokemon Tournament get some shine. Uh, aside from that, you know, uh, Frostbite was last weekend. I don't know mm-hmm. if you got a chance to watch it, but I think I did Frostbite, not. It was it was an amazing tournament. Uh, really was. I saw one of the best Smash matches I've ever seen. Period. And I'm talking about from melee on to now. I literally saw one of the best uh, losers finals 
I've yeah. ever seen in my life. It was back and forth, game five, last stock uh, situation. It was amazing. It was an amazing, amazing match. Uh, and it just shows that Smash Brothers Ultimate can be played on a similar level to Melee, it, you know, because they're not so dissimilar, the two games. Like, mm -hmm. Smash Brothers Ultimate does a good job of, of, of getting closer to that Melee style of gameplay. Uh, mm -hmm. So I really, really enjoyed what I saw at Frostbite, and I think Frostbite showed how viable Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is it by itself. It doesn't need Melee, and I'd, ultimately, I do not think that the community, the Smash community, needs the division between Melee and every other game. I, I think it's time for the Melee players to either move on to Ultimate or... Or, or fund their own tournament that's, that's pretty much on EVO's level. They they need a stage as big as EVO. They, and I think the Smash community is strong enough that if they really want something like that, they can build it. I mean, I think uh, a good maybe they just need to adapt. Um, there's a lot of retro game tournaments that, like, you know, instead of people playing the new eSport Tetris 99, they play the classic original Tetris, and that's a big, big, like, uh, scene, the original Tetris scene. Uh, there's people oh, that think that's Did that 16-year-old actually beat the Tetris World Champion? Mm -hmm. That was a badass match. I'm playing on NESs, but though. that but it's people who who are old and who have grown up with it, and people who are young, and that just shows that the scene is diverse, and it, the fact that a sixteen year old can be a long time player shows that it's a growing, developing, ever changing scene. And in a, in a how old is that Tetris game now? Thirty uh, uh, plus years, right? Eighty nine, I think it was. So that's. That's thirty years. Yeah, true. But so, then, the, the, what, what what you're saying is essentially that melee needs to move itself into move a someplace venue. else. Yeah, yeah move so to the super, super Street Fighter Two is a lot of people hail as the best Street Fighter, and honestly, with good reasons. And and that gets a lot of play at a lot of classic tournaments. Yeah, so it's pretty much just a venue change. What is what mm -hmm. melee needs? It, I think yeah, so. I think yeah, and that makes sense because Evo should cater to the latest and greatest iterations mm -hmm. of fighting games, yeah, or the newest. But hey, look, I I'm not hating on this list. I think this is a pretty good list. Dragon mm -hmm. Ball Fighters being on the list, no surprise, especially after you know the uh, the season that the the season that they had last year. Street Fighter Five is the only game that I'm like eh, on this year, and it's because Street Fighter Five has not been a a great evolution. Uh, I still think Street Fighter Four was better at this point, um, but they're working on it. Uh, they're, I mean, they're, they're making changes to the game. If you could have that or Marvel versus Capcom, which one? The, the newest one, because it's Evil. They got to do the newest and greatest. Uh, well, then it's Street Infinite. Fighter Five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's 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 just kind of the fate we're we're dealt at that point. Yeah. Unless there's no better alternative, the only I mean, the only way for them to for me to want uh, MVC Infinite is if they completely like reboot the game, yeah, mm -hmm. like with an arcade edition. But it looks like they've kind of just abandoned that game. They're just like, honestly, wait. yeah, I think they're just waiting for the Marvel license to expire, which would be a shame because as a fan of that series, it's like you guys delivered a subpar product mm -hmm. and you didn't take any measures to make it better. Yeah. It but honestly, I would have liked to see 
a good Marvel game at Evo. It just wasn't there. Because <laughs> a good Marvel is always a good time at Evo. Yeah, the only game that I really don't even know anything about is uh, Undernight In Birth EXC Latest. I've never even heard of that game before. That one and Samurai Showdown for me. That Those well, two I don't know. Samurai Showdown isn't like a new game. I mean, it's the latest. I, I don't know. I've never heard of it. <laughs> so that's just my point. Yeah. But I mean, also of like a of a like Neo Geo. Yeah, that's it. Probably. Makes Neo Geo. I, I just SNK. Yeah, there we go. SNK. Yeah, but it's just it's just the newest iteration of the of the SNK series. So it's like it's basically a fighting game with with swords. Okay, but. So I feel like just by the title here, I feel like the Undernight Inbirth can't actually be the first in the series either. I think this has a bit of history. I mean, you have uh dot or you have the exe, then you also have late and then late est tacked on there. It's like this is the third edition of it. I feel like it has to be just by the title. I, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I've never even heard. Okay, of it. yeah. All I know is that it can't stand. I have to find out at least what the hell it is. Uh, okay, so it was released in 2012 uh, on in the arcades, 2014 on the PS3, 2016 is the the original version. So it was Undernight Inverse. The first version was released in 2012, and the EXE version latest was released uh, on Windows on July 12th. Uh, the PS3, PS4, and the Vita. On, in mm-hmm. 2017, but in North America, it came out uh, February 9th of 2018. Okay. It's not even really a new game. It's just... It's just there. It, I've just never heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so very under the radar. Hmm. All right, so it is what it is. Uh, again, I'm not disappointed with this evil list. I, I get it. Uh, and for fans of Melee, they did release a video... Uh, thanking the melee community for its years of uh, of its of competition, they like they didn't just remove the game and and leave you guys out to dry. They actually did mm-hmm. release a statement about it. Uh, you can take that statement as you will. I mean, as some people were happy with it, some people weren't. Um, it is what it is. I didn't I didn't take any offense to it. Uh, but Evil 2019 will be August second through fourth, uh, and it's going to be at Mandalay Bay. So. You got a huge venue. Uh, you got your dates, and if you're preparing for Evo, get those sticks ready. Anyway, anything left on this subject? I think we've covered Evo in good detail, so we we don't need to cover it anymore. We can move on to the the direct that was today, Pokemon Day. Yes, sir. All yes. right, so we finally have our titles for this new uh, Generation Eight Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Interesting titles, uh, mm-hmm. to say the least. Uh, but I do like their logos; they're very intricate. I love the uh, the uh, the wolf head. I assume it's a wolf head on the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the hilt of the sword and on the shield as well. Uh, of course, it's weird though; like you got sword and shield, but the colors are still red and blue, mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, but yeah, this direct was pretty no nonsense. I anticipated the direct to be all fluff and then mm-hmm. here's what the graphics engine looks like pretty much what they did in uh, when they announced sun and, yeah well it's sun and moon with sun and moon okay. they, they basically did like pokemon trainers 
You've been playing Pokemon for 20 years. You've shared experiences with friends and family for 20 years. You've been trading with people for 20 years. So they basically really went hard on the 20th anniversary. And then at the very end, and now in 2016, get ready to experience the latest in your favorite video game series. And then they show like concept art. They show them working on the game. You see Junichi Masuda mm -hmm. standing over somebody's shoulder, pointing at pictures. Then you see them actually building the 3D model for a picky pack. And then you have, so you, you get a slight look at the graphics engine, but then they just hit you with the titles, Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. And that's pretty much it. That's how that direct ended. And I was like, wow, that was a fluff piece. Like that mm -hmm. direct makes like that. What's the point of even making a direct for that? You didn't know well, anything. No, that's fair. Um, I was mostly thinking of X and Y. I was thinking that they just mostly like they didn't even really like hype it up. They just kind of like talked for three to four minutes of like, and then showed like a two minute trailer, and then a lot of the talking part could have just been kind of like they didn't tell you anything about it though. That's my big issue. Like. Um, they they talk like we have the presentators. Uh, you have Masuda. You have uh, it wasn't Ishihara, was it? I don't. I forget who was all in the direct so far. But <laughs> but um, you you had these people just talking. They were very to the point. They gave you information, and I liked that this time. Um, and then there was always like a graphic, of trying either a background in the game or or actual gameplay footage, uh, present. So it was just a constant content that you want to see. I like that. Yeah, well, th this one was the 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 Sun and Moon one was way more fluff. This mm -hmm. one they they didn't really play around. They're just like, here's the name of the game, here's a trailer, and here are the starters. The starters. Mm -hmm. Now going back to the uh, the logos, one thing I wanted to point out is that we don't have in either the trailer or the logos are two legendaries for the game. We don't know yes. those at all, and they're already not present in the logos either. No, I mean, yeah, but I'm, we still have yet to see the box art, though. So mm -hmm. I, I guess that's where they're gonna do their their uh, legendary reveals. And I'm uh, not sure. I don't see a Z crystal or Mega Stone or a third thing either. So potentially those aren't. There's no new mechanic or no new Megas or Z moves potentially yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't give us anything of like mm -hmm. real, real, real substance in this. They're just like, hey, we know you're anticipating it. Mm -hmm. We want to let you know that we're working on it. So we're going to show you the basics. So with that, since they did just show us the basics, let's uh, start with the uh, – let's talk about the graphics real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of what we saw in the trailer was uh, – those were all renders. That was all rendered CGI, probably mm -hmm. the opening cut scene for the game. That being said, though, looked really good on the on the switch mm -hmm. like, those graphics look really nice then we move into we actually start to see uh the care then we move into the character and i'm pleasantly surprised like i know a lot of people were expecting like this epic like breath of the wild art style uh because that's what uh the pokemon company said oh we were so inspired by breath of the wild that we want to make this amazing Graphically intensive open world Pokemon game. I'm glad that they stuck with their guns. Yeah, yeah, and it looks it looks like a traditional 3ds Pokemon game. Okay, that, that's not true. Okay, so if Pokemon Let's Go looked like a traditional Pokemon game on the Switch, this is a step above that. But it's not so far advanced that you 
you you see it as a completely different like franchise. It looks very mm-hmm. Pokemon esque, and I was very happy that they that they stuck to that art style. And the character is a little bit taller; he looks a little bit older, but we all know that it doesn't matter. They're always ten. Uh, but I did appreciate that. Uh, I love the. I just I love the uh, the 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 towns that they showed and the cityscapes. Mm-hmm. Graphically, all that stuff looks really good, and it just goes to show that the move to the Nintendo Switch was it's worth the wait. Yes, we are moving into our you know we're moving into year three with the Nintendo Switch, but thus far it was well worth the wait because graphically, this is the best looking Pokemon game ever. Period. Yeah, like. Just period, and I was very happy to see it. I was like, okay, wow, I like the way this looks. Like the colors are bright, the the atmosphere of the game looks very nice. And just as far as a Pokemon game, you compare that to Sun and Moon, and it's like leaps and bounds, major step up. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I know it's easy to compare it to Pokemon Let's Go, but to be honest, because this is a real main series game, you would real your real comparison point would should be. Uh, Sun and Moon and Ultra Moon because those are the last mainline games. Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun and Moon, those four games should be your comparison point for uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. So you compare those two, massive jump in, in graphics. But Game Freak did what they do best; they maintained their style. One thing I want to actually transition into that is that one thing that I it struck me as similar to is their game town. It looked a lot like town, but with a bit more uh, detail in the textures and uh, in like rooms. Because I don't know if there's a, we've seen rooms in town, but it looked a lot like town in terms of the colors and maybe some like the the trees and things and hills. It struck me as very similar to town. I'm actually gonna pull up the trailer again real quick just because. I just wanted to. I just want to take a look at this. Um, mute. Yeah, I mean, look. You look at the texture work that they put in this game. Like, you see blades of grass. Mm-hmm. Man, and I love it. Like when you see the the house uh, for the trainer, it's mm-hmm. covered in like in like ivy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like leaves and flowers everywhere. Even the mm-hmm. mailbox has like flowers growing around it. It actually reminds me a lot of like some some of the the venues I would see when I lived in Germany, mm-hmm. when I would drive through towns in Germany. Uh, this is what I would see a lot of. And I just love like this old stonework. You see like mm-hmm. like the on the on the fence, you see just you see the individual stones. It's very, very clear. I think they did a fantastic job. I right. want this house. That house I, know, right? I want to live in that house one day. That's my dream house. And and yeah, and even if you just look at things like the the trainer's clothing, it's so hyper detailed. And then he has a very big backpack, the male trainer. <laughs> and then you get into the city and you see all the bricks that make up the buildings. You mm-hmm. see the like the 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 train and you see the the train tracks and they have like this dingy quality to them like mm-hmm. like the outsides of them haven't been washed. You see like bits of grime everywhere. Like they did a really good mm-hmm. job. And then the I'm assuming that's a gym with the giant leaf leaf on the mm-hmm. front of it. So I'm that gym looks fantastic, and there's a part where like the camera zooms out and you see like a battlefield with a pokeball in the center of it. Like all that stuff looks really good graphically. This looks great, and I'm kind of getting vibes of uh, what's that Pokemon game on the GameCube? Shadow of Shadow. Uh, 
Oh my gosh. Coliseum. Was it Coliseum? Was the one where you play as the trainer who with the uh who who unbrainwashes the Pokemon? No, it's it's uh Gale of Darkness XD, but it's like the sequel to Coliseum or something, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If we're looking at Gale of Darkness XD. That's the like that's the like you take that and then you look at this, and this is like this is the this is the console we needed a Pokemon game on. It looks mm-hmm. fantastic. Man, and just even that like soccer stadium looks really, really good. I'm assuming I, it's a soccer stadium. I yeah, so I really want to talk about that. I wasn't sure if it's gonna think since the end of the trailer or not, but the fact that we have a soccer stadium could mean so many different things. This could be a gym, uh just a soccer gym where you play soccer or something. I don't know. It could be just a, a mini game, and I'm kind of hoping, maybe not mini game, but like a mini thing you can do. One thing I really want from this is I want the world to to be more, honestly, more like Animal Crossing, where I can go on a bug catching contest every Thursday, a fishing contest every Tuesday, go like do like delivery quests for my friends. Like I want just some stuff like that. So you you had bug catching contests before. I want them back, but I also want maybe like weekly events in the game that can tie me over. And I you can do it. I just I know you can do it, and I want more. <laughs> That's the one big thing I want. It's like a bug catching contest of some kind weekly would be cool. Um, so give us a soccer tournament every every week. <laughs> that would be fun. But it, it could be a gym. It could be I think in black and white there was like a sports arena where you just sort of battle people on the arenas though, which wasn't as cool. It could be that. Um, but also you, you, you mentioned that the, the stadium was with the leaf on it was, was a gym. It might not be a gym per se. We're assuming it is, or it might be like a leaf trial. It could be a trial that takes place in a stadium or all, all gyms could all be soccer matches. Now <laughs> that, all just that's, that's so I guess we could talk about near the end is, the gym system, mm-hmm. but uh, I actually want to go ahead and I want to move into the region part of this discussion. Okay. Yes, uh, the Galar region. So a lot of people are saying that this is based on the UK. I see, a, I can see what they're saying there. There, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like UK influences, but I'm thinking this is a little bit more than just the UK because I'm getting a lot of like European vibes from this trailer, mm-hmm. just from the way that the, you know the, the overall style of, style of dress of the you know, of the trainers and the people in the world. But yeah, I, I can totally see like the UK vibes, mm-hmm. and uh, I like the reason. What's weird about the region for me is that it looks like you start like at the bottom of the region, and you're pretty much just working your way. Mm-hmm. Up. I wanted to talk about that. It looks very vertical and linear. Yeah, and I'm not I sure if I like had that. a region like that before. Most of the regions uh-uh. usually expand yeah. outwards, so I was tripped out. I was like, huh. I like, that is an interesting design for the region. It's not I I it's not going to I'm not going to hate it immediately, but I want it to not be sort of just like a straight line progression. I want I want to be spread out more with this sort of overall painting graphic render concept art whatever. Of it that's obviously the 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 paths and the routes are all skewed. You might not there might be more routing to there to to the region which i'm hoping there is i don't necessarily need to have this in open world breath of the wild pokemon but i don't want to be just walking in a straight line down to up uh, i would be kind of upset if that's all my my map time was i don't know i am pulling up an overlay map of like england 
versus the Galar region. I, I feel like it looks kind of like England in shape. It's just much more stretched out vertically of England. Yeah, I, I, I can totally see that. Well, if you include the entire uh, uh, United Kingdom, mm-hmm. then, it, then it starts to resemble it. Far. Yeah, it's definitely just all of UK. It's got yeah. Ireland. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's you're starting off in Ireland and working your way to London. Yeah, so like, yeah, if you take the whole thing, you, it builds up so that it's it's very similar. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's weird. The region is weird because I'm like, okay, this is, I've never seen such a vertical region, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it it's an interesting concept. Uh, mm-hmm. It also kind of depends on how much influence they took from Breath of the Wild, like how expansive it is. Like, because mm-hmm. even though it's like one long thing, if it takes you a good minute to get from one side to the other, a la Breath of the Wild, that could be really interesting. But personally, right now, because of the, the way that this map looks, I'm expecting a much more pared down region than we previously. Like, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of times in those mountains and, and stuff off to the side. Like, yeah. the things that are towards the side, I don't think we'll spend a lot of time with. Actually, it's really hard to kind of depict the routes mm-hmm. uh, according to this map. But I like I, I like the concept, and obviously if this is based on the United Kingdom, uh, the the region definitely has affected the, the sense of style uh, that the characters have. And obviously the title, Sword and Shields, you think of England, especially back in the day, you think of knights and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, with their, kings. their armor and kings and all that stuff, their swords and their shields, and that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, that you have like this very like royal royalty and you know knight um, motif behind the naming of the game. So I really, I'm really interested to see what this region has to offer. Uh, I would have loved to have seen some region exclusive Pokemon because I can only imagine what the Pokemon in this region look like. Uh, but I would assume that Age of Slash is a good uh, mascot. Good yeah, he would be a good template from what we should be able to expect in this region. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. If it is based off the UK, there's not enough scaffolding in all the buildings. It's just there's not. You go you go to England and there's scaffolding everywhere on every building. It's there's just not enough of it here so i am not convinced it's it's got to be some some very new new country you know one of the newest countries in the world i hope there's a couple npcs from like the kalos region uh pretty much just talking about like oh there was a conflict between kalos and and yeah and i was gonna Kalos get to region. that it's just like you have like a thousand you know, years, French, two thousand yeah. years france yeah, and Cal- england warring exactly mm-hmm. that great pokemon it. war from three thousand years ago I would love it if they made reference to the fact that they had mm-hmm. they've been at war at some point, oh, especially over something like religious, where like Cal mm-hmm. talks about, oh, this you know we worship this, and then the galleries and blah blah blah. It'd be so interesting to like play that, especially it's, it would be really interesting because you think about the vicinity of of, of the United Kingdom and France. Mm-hmm. It'd be really interesting if they played that up with the you know the Galar region and the the Calus region. Calus region. Play up their vicinity with one another, and you can do so much with the actual story. That's what really gets me excited about this region, specifically because I start thinking about what kind of story elements that could actually interconnect these two regions to one another. 
So I think that's really cool. Actually, it'd be really cool if there was a little Kalos region post game. I know. I at least I, I at least want to see Lumios able to see Lumios on the Switch. That's what I really want here. It's just uh, the only part of Kalos I want is just Lumios City to see that on the Switch. Uh yeah. So I did want to read the official description that uh, the Pokemon Company has for the Galar region, and I don't know why mm-hmm. I had this open, but it's not open now. An expansive region with many environments, idyllic countryside, contemporary cities, thick forests, and craggy, snow-covered mountains. The people and Pokemon live together in this region, and they've worked together to develop the industries here. They'll visit the various gyms in the Galar region, aiming for the enviable and admirable title of Champion. Coming soon. Thank you. Yes, I love that description. Uh, I also love the... the, the I love the description, the, the the contemporary cities, the thick forests, and the craggy snow-covered mountains. So this is a region unlike any other. Where mm-hmm. There are so many different, uh, just, what is it called? Uh, Environment? So many different types of terrain. Terrain. To, to experience. Yeah, there's so many different types of terrain to experience. I don't think we've had, like, snow-covered mountains in a 3D Pokemon game in a while. Uh, I think the last Gen one four. We- yeah, Jan That's not 3D, so yeah, no. So this is you had first... Kalo or Kalos. You had um uh Alola had the volcano volcano that was kind of snowy, but yeah. Well, I thought that was Ash. I don't know. It looked like because like that's where you found like the lone Vulpix, right? Yeah, sure, you're right, you're right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean they didn't look this way. I mean, look at these mountains. No. These yeah. mountains look amazing. They so, are mountain mountains, not tropical island high peak volcano mountains. I wonder how you're going to climb them. Like, it'd be cool to see some Bertha Wasso climbing up the mountain. <laughs> you you yeah. ride Pokemon up the mountain. That'd be amazing. Duh. Yeah. No, no, but I love that. I love just like this, all the different types of terrain. So you got like the forest areas, you've got like the mountainous areas, then you've got your cities and your towns, and all of it looks really intriguing there's a couple there's a couple little islands off to the side i doubt you can go to them but it'd be really nice it's just so much here oh i'm excited about this region even though like i think it's an odd vertical design yeah i agree which it's a very interesting design for a region mm-hmm. and so i i'm totally like looking at them side by side i totally see how this is very representative of the united kingdom um one one last thing in terms of like the environment to the region, uh, kinda. I want them to bring back not only the day night cycle, the weather cycles, but the season cycles. And if it's not always raining, I'm gonna be disappointed. I want to see like really thick fog when you get to like yeah. the London section mm-hmm. of the game. Like, I want it to be like super thick. I've been to London, um, so I want to see this the same type of fog that mm-hmm. I experienced in that region. But so, that's exactly like a bit of overcast fog, some wet uh, drizzles, and some rain. Just always, though, like give me the weather cycle and the the season cycle, but just always have it that. <laughs> oh man, I, w- I would love that, dude. Oh, there's just so much going on with this region. I am, mm-hmm. I- I'm super excited about the region. I I, I don't know why. Okay, mm-hmm. so we actually got a comment from uh, my homeboy. Uh, it says, uh, I think the linear shape might be because it's an open world, so they control the progress better if you can go from north, uh, from south to north. Uh, that was added in the comment section. Okay, uh, no, that's fair. Oh, that's I didn't see this, but uh, we also had another comment when we were talking about uh, 
<laughs> when we were talking about the Pokemon movie trailer. Uh, he said Mewtwo looked odd, but uh, that's yeah. neither here nor there. I like the design. Take it back. <laughs> uh, the guy I, I don't... So thank you for joining oh. us. But yeah, like it, it, if it is a little bit more open world, it does make sense that you can go from south to north, and it just makes the game a little bit more linear. And uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. that is a problem with Breath of the Wild. Like, it took me hours before I figured out where to go in that game. Like, I didn't until I found uh, Mifa's brother, whose name escapes me right now. I had no idea where I was going or what I was doing in that game. I think that's what they wanted you to feel. You, they didn't want you to figure your. You wanted to just stumble upon your objective as you explored the world, right? Yeah, and, I, and I get that to an extent, but at the same time, like that game is big and long mm-hmm. and it very is. long. Like a little bit more direction would have been slightly more beneficial. Just a little bit more direction. No, I'm not saying like hold. They my didn't want to give you any though. That's they wanted you to drop you in blind. Say here's a world, explore it. That's honestly. What, and I think they did that really well. I think that was exactly what they went for. They didn't want yeah, you to, but, to have any kind of clue what you were doing. Yeah, but based off of the structure of this region, uh, what what Chris said here actually makes a lot of sense, that it would mm-hmm. be to control progress if it is more linear like that because of the verticality of the of the region. All in all, I'm really excited about this region. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited about the terrain. I'm excited to find out what kind of Pokemon live in this region. Uh but I think that's it for the Galar reason. I think we can go ahead and move into our starter Pokemon. So yes. we have three, as always. Uh, we have some very interesting starters this time around. So we have Grookey, the grass mm-hmm. type Pokemon. He is a mischievous chimp Pokemon that is full of boundless curiosities. Then we have Score Bunny, a rabbit Pokemon that is always running about, bursting with energy. And I love the fact that he has a Band-Aid on his face to kind of show you that he's like he's always running around mm-hmm. so he's getting hurt and then we have I, I don't even know how to say this sobble 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 right yes i guess so we have sobble sobble <laughs> and sobble is a somewhat timid water lizard pokemon that shoots out attacks as it hides itself in water and i love the trailer what they how they reveal sobble in the trailer where he's like he has like like a camouflage ability he looks a little mm-hmm. bit like a like a newt mm-hmm. um and that expression on his face, he's just got there like, what? Love that look. Like, these are interesting starters. Uh, the only one of these three that I'm not feeling is Grookey. And it's because we've had a Grass Monkey Pokemon before. And we really didn't need another. I don't know. I really like Grookey. Like, Grookey's competing with Sw- Sobble for me right now. Like, I, I'm always going to pick my water starters. But Grookey, I one thing I'm kind of skeptical about, just based off these descriptions and a bit on their designs, I'm wondering if we're going to get uh, Sobble, the water psychic, Scorbunny, the unfortunate firefighting, and Grookey, the grass dark. Because uh, Grookey's mischievous, and I can see him becoming a dark type later on. Uh, Scorbunny has that sort of fighting type kick build, and it's got lots of energy always running around. And Sobble, the, the timidness and the invisibility quirk um, seem to lend itself maybe to a bit of psychic type. This is going to be weird, but I'm, I actually had to look up if newts are indigenous to the UK. <laughs> uh, there are three types of newts that are from the UK. Uh, I, just because like, sometimes you can, you know, you look at the starters and you can kind of get a hint at their region, specific, mm-hmm. the specifics of their region. Uh, but then you, you see a grass monkey, and you're like, there are no monkeys in London. 
Maybe at That's what they want you to think. I, I never liked the idea of like them having to base uh, a good chunk of the Pokemon on a region like that the region is. I, I think it's a cool nod, but I'd rather just have them explore more freedom with their Pokemon designs and just give us like something that just does not belong there. And and say, this is a cool Pokemon. We're making this Pokemon. You're going to like it. It doesn't matter if we're in France. You're getting this, you're getting this giant beetle. I don't know what I'm saying, but... Personally, my favorite of the three is Score Bunny, but Sable is my is like a close runner up. I just the look on his face makes me Score Bunny, but but no Sable, Score Bunny. I love like the the that you can see how energetic that Pokemon Mm -hmm. is. Like, I love it. I just love I love his like longer. He reminds me of the Tricks Rabbit, and maybe that's yeah. Silly yeah. rabbit tricks are for kids. I love, I, I love it. I love the, the the colors that they chose for him. Really stand out. He's all white, but he's got those hints of orange. But yeah, mm-hmm. these are fun starters. The only, like I said, even though I'm not a big fan of Grookey, it's a very unique design for a Pokemon. We're starting to see more rounded uh, starter Pokemon designs. Uh, now, doesn't look like any of these are dual type. Uh, as far as what they're showing right now. Right now, they don't confirm them until I like, get the three latest, the the final three, whatever's. Unless it's yeah, obviously I'm, a flying type of Rowlet. I'm very interested to see what the final designs of these Pokemon are. Mm-hmm. Because I honestly think, because I'm looking at Sobble, and I'm like, he's going to turn into like a Greninja type. Where you're going to get to that final evolution, and he is going to look straight up beast mode. I just, even even design-wise, he shares a lot of similarities with Froakie. Yeah, I agree there. But I kind of I thought the same thing about uh Poplio in Gen 7 and I was very wrong. Uh Primarina is not a Greninja. <laughs> they are not the same. <laughs> so I'm I'm super excited about these starters. Uh I'm 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 debating cuz I'm like I'm normally I'm not this uh perplexed as to which Pokémon I should start with. Normally I see what I want to get mm-hmm. immediately. This is the first time I'm truly conflicted. Yeah. It's like scoreboard or Sable. I might just mm-hmm. get both games and then just do a round with each. I'm probably getting both, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I always end up buying both games. But like, I, I don't know always. who I'm gonna start with. I'm yeah. I'm not. I don't got that kind of money. I I can only <laughs> afford one most of the time, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, one thing that I've been wanting Pokemon to do. I know they'll never ever do it, but maybe they'll prove me wrong. Uh, this is the game that prove me wrong, is they'll give us branching starter evolutions. I would love to do that, but I have, like, uh-huh. this, I, I feel like this little Digimon-esque from Pokemon. I mean, but, like, you look at, you know, if they gave us a Ralts as a starter, a a um, a Oddish as a starter, and then, like, um, I don't know who the third one would be. Uh, should, not Shedinja, or... I don't know what I'm saying, but like, give us the options to like pick like uh, based on it's male or female. Or give us an evolution stone uh, to get the alternate evolution oh, line of a starter, and all three of them like have them. Poliwag or Politoed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then all three of the starters have a, a branch final evolution, though. I think that would be cool. And so you essentially have six different starter final evolutions. I, don't I actually know. wonder which Pokemon will make a reappearance in this region. I feel like a lot of the Kalos region Pokemon should mm-hmm. have a lot of crossover just because yeah. about the vicinity of these mm-hmm. of where these two regions could potentially be. Uh, but that being said, 
Love these starters. They're adorable. I cannot wait to see their mid and final evolutions uh, mm -hmm. because I think that's really going to help me decide because, like, like right now, mm. it's a conundrum. I don't know. Score Bunny or Sobble. Or maybe, maybe, just maybe, Grookey's second or third evolution will be badass enough for me to be like, screw you both. I'm getting a monkey. <laughs> I don't know how you can hate on Grookey this much, man. I love Grookey. He is such a I don't like it. Design. I don't even like it. His tail looks like poop. No, you don't. I don't see it. That is that is a tail. You can't convince me otherwise. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, I don't like his ears either. Looks but weird. he's got his little little stick in his ears. It's fun. No. I don't like him. Um. Anyway, so I love let's you. Go ahead and talk about some of the changes. Uh, from previous uh the previous uh Nintendo Switch Pokemon game, because uh some things that I didn't see that I wanted to see, and I'm a little disappointed. First off, no visible Pokemon in the wild. Mm -hmm. Random encounters are back. Now, I'm kind of like the tiptoe mechanic of Sun and Moon, so I'm kind of glad to see that back. But I like to see Pokemon in the wild. Okay. I really did because Pokemon Let's Go made the world vibrant. It is the first Pokemon game that truly captures like what the anime is always saying, that there are Pokemon all around you. All the time, we work with our Pokemon. We live with our Pokemon. This world is populated by Pokemon. The first time we ever saw that really visually represented in a Pokemon game, mainline game, is Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. So I feel like it was a huge step back for them to remove the visible Pokemon in the wild. Also, it's nice to pick which Pokemon you want to battle and catch. Mm -hmm. So I found that to be... It's just super disappointing because I really appreciated that in Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, the other thing that I noticed is actually back from previous generations are wild Pokemon battles. You can actually battle wild Pokemon this time around. Mm -hmm. So for the people who complained about uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, this mechanic is back. You mm -hmm. can now battle wild Pokemon before you catch them. So I think that is very cool. Uh, aside from that... They didn't show... I didn't notice... There's no ride Pokemon or follow Pokemon that we saw. Yes, we didn't see any follow Pokemon, which is, again, another bummer. Why is this a mechanic that only shows up in side games? I like, don't know. You know we want it. Like You 100% you know we want it. I think if we do get Diamond and Pearl remakes, that's when we'll see them. I think we'll see ride Pokemon return... Or not ride, uh, follow Pokemon return, at the very least follow Pokemon. So we've got to follow Pokemon in three games. Pokemon Yellow, uh, the remake of the remake of Gold and Silver, uh Heart Heart, Heart Gold, Gold Soul Silver. And yeah, I don't know why I lost those. And then um, let's go. Heart, Pikachu and let's go. All of those are either the third iteration of the game or or the remakes of the game. We've yet all of them have Kanto. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we have yet to see follow Pokemon in any like true mainline game and that's like we shouldn't have to keep asking for this it's, it's kind I, of annoying i feel like it's a lot of work for pokemon company though um and because you, you just did it but you did it with only the first 151 so you don't and meltan melmetal i suppose but you don't you don't now if you did it for gen 8 how many do they really have to make i think um what they should do is they should uh, make this game without follow Pokemon. They're going to make a remake of maybe Diamond and Pearl, 
And then at that point, they have already the first 151 ride Pokemon and fellow Pokemon done from Let's Go. And they've, they can work on the rest as they're making a remake that is less intensive to begin with and then just add all of them in there. And then potentially after that remake, since there's already almost all the ride Pokemon in, we can do it in the next mainline game. Uh, it's a it's a process, but they have a lot of Pokemon to make those animations for. True, but it's not like they haven't been working on this game. Get one guy to do it. Get one guy or like a team that their specific purpose in this development is specifically follow Pokemon. Okay. Take you like could... take like a four man cell, and it is their job to do walking animations for Wild Pokemon. It's ugh, it bums me out. Okay. It just it bums me out because it's not like we don't see overworld Pokemon. In mm-hmm. most of yeah, the we saw Munchlax. So yeah, yeah, like it's literally there in the trailer. We see Overworld Pokemon, so it shouldn't be that hard to do some mm-hmm. walking animations. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not. A, I'm not a game designer. Still, but yeah, those are just a few things that I was able to, to see. Did you see anything else that that uh was or removed or changed from? Let's go to this game with the, I, the minute and a half of gameplay that they showed. We we did it's not that they were removed, maybe, but we don't have confirmation if there's one Joy-Con support, if there's Pokeball Pokemon Pokeball Go Plus support, or if there is two player. We did none of those were confirmed or denied, I suppose. I can promise you Pokeball Go support uh plus is not in the game. Uh <sighs> think of the Pokeball the Pokeball Go Plus. As the Pokemon Walker, you will never mm-hmm. use it again unless you go back to that game. I hate when uh, he does that. I really do because I am still using my Pokeball Go Plus. Like I use it every day. Well, I mean, pretty much just in Pokemon Go, but I still use the crap out of this accessory. It is the best accessory that I've ever made, and the gains you get. From using it in the main in the in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. You know how many candies I got with this thing? You know how many specific Pokemon candies I've got with this thing? Dude, the other day I loaded it up, I ended up with 99 rare candy. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, I got 99. I'm gonna boost everybody up and I'm going after all the master trainers. That's exactly what I did. Started taking on all the master trainers, like rare candy, rare candy. Jeez. But trainer, by the way, I at least want to see single Joy-Con, and maybe yeah. two-player. But the single Joy-Con was such a nice thing because it's you don't need a lot of those buttons for a Pokemon game, and I don't like being confined to needing two controllers. Uh, well, we you do know see. How lazy I was. I was so lazy. I'd be like, if you're watching the video version, you have the best access to what I'm doing right now. I am literally just leaning back in my chair, just messing around with my Pokeball Go Plus, and just walking back and forth. And that was the easy. I'd be sitting there with a soda in my hand. I'd be taking sips or a coffee or whatever. I'd be eating pizza. I don't know. I was so lazy with the one Joy-Con. I loved it. And I loved the catch mechanics, man. I really did enjoy the catch mechanics of Let's Go. uh, What was I going to say? The – I forgot. (laughs) Oh, well, I I had a point. We were talking about one-handedness. Yeah, but I'm not sure where I was going to go off of that because I feel like I had a point. Oh, well. It's, it's not important then. No, but still, like, yeah, I would love for these mechanics to come back into the game. I, I really mm-hmm. do. It's just something to be said. Uh, 
you're right. You don't need a whole lot of buttons. Uh, another thing. Is, oh, I remember. Uh, so we we see in the trailer uh, that there is the the third person over the shoulder from behind the back camera perspective in this game that makes a return for both X and Y, Sun and Moon, and technically black and white. Um, and so that makes a return, and people have been sort of thinking that like, okay, if we do get that as the main perspective, they could do it where you have um a stick to control the camera and a stick to control the player. And that would require the the two Joy Cons, but I, I'm glad to see that we looks looks like the the perspectives are fixed perspectives by area. So in certain areas you'll have the overhead, sometimes you'll have the behind the back, sometimes you have like a weird diagonal. But it looks that's like the cameras are fixed. That's actually really I didn't even notice that, but yeah, that's mm -hmm. a really interesting uh, uh, view mechanic. The third person camera has always been just so breathtaking whenever i see it in a pokemon game i love it that's because how zoomed into the back of the trainer like the, that perspective in lumios city in kalos was yeah. so good i loved exploring lumios just because of that perspective mm. you know who uh i hope that there's like a snapshot mode in this game just because of the way the region looks mm -hmm. i would love to be able to like get like climb to the mountain and then take like selfies from the top mm -hmm. of the, uh, those mountainous regions. Uh, just little things like mm -hmm. that I want to see in this game. But So, yeah, I guess we can move on to our last topic for uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Are you hyped now that we've seen gameplay to an extent? We've seen the graphics engine. Are you hyped that this is the first true Pokemon game on a home console? No. Uh, um, uh, so, so I, I don't necessarily care whether or not it is, it's on a home console. And as far as the information that we've received, um, you know, it's the confirmation that it exists. These are the names. These are the starters. We already knew that we would get the game. We knew that it existed already. We knew that it would have a name and we knew that they would have starters. <laughs> So, I mean, the information we got, we didn't know, uh, we didn't already know that it wasn't coming, but we knew, we didn't know specifically what the starters would be, what the region was, and what the titles would be. And we got some things deconfirmed, which is neither here nor there to me, I'm indifferent to the to the overall Pokemon returning, etc. Um, the ride Pokemon is a shame, but I'm not going to be turned off so much that I'm just so disappointed that I won't get it or care. Like, I, I love this no matter what. Uh, in terms of hype, I, I don't think I'm really hyped because there's there's nothing that I didn't already know was happening, except for FIFA. The FIFA soccer stadium was, was what really got me. And one thing I also want to point out, uh, the, the trainer's jersey in that trailer is 227, which is oddly specific because, one, it's a three-digit number, which makes me believe that it is, um, no, not because normally jerseys only have two digit numbers. So this is really a Pokemon number, and that's Skarmory's number. Um, so what does Skarmory have the significance to in that in that soccer stadium? That I have to know. Um, sorry, I got I got psyched psyched <laughs> about the soccer. Um, but I mean that's the one thing like I did not know was happening that I'm super stoked about because I didn't know I'd get soccer in my Pokemon game. I'm, I'm glad it's there. Um, but it, it's, if we got like an actual release date, I might have been actually a bit more hype. 
Um, because like we just got late 2019, which we kind of already knew. Yeah, well, it's pretty. It was like pretty much like yeah, December, guys, or I'm sorry, yeah. November. Yeah, it, November. It's pretty much what the um. That's the the time frame I'm guessing, like mid November, mm-hmm. or that's what they've been doing for a while. Late October, mm-hmm. really late October, because yeah, that seems to be like where they like to start releasing these games. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit more consistency in in a. Uh, and the release window, a date would have been perfect, but mm-hmm. I, I've come to expect very little from the Pokemon company as far as actual release dates. I mean, yeah. the one thing that they've been doing a good thing, like a good track record of, is getting these worldwide release dates altogether. That has been huge for the past few games. Like back in back in the day, you know, I I, I was watching people play the Japanese version of HeartGold Soul Silver because I wanted the game so bad. It wasn't going to come for the U.S. for like another year, and it was ludicrous that I had to wait. Well, the Japanese got this game a whole year before me. I was I was very upset. But now we all get it at the same time. I'm very pleased at that. So I'm actually on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm really hyped, but what got me hyped was seeing the graphics of this game. Okay, uh, Seeing Pokemon really step into like the 3d era and then console space makes me happy i just how much better the game looks on the switch versus on the 3ds because design wise we're talking about just the art style they didn't go too far away from Mm -hmm. what we've seen in sun and moon Mm -mm. so you know just you know from from just a pure style standpoint they're very similar but mm-hmm. when we talk about graphics, you start to note like it, just looking at the trailer again, you start to see things like you start to see the individual bricks that make up the building, and you start to see like on the train tracks, you, st- you see things like rust and grime, mm-hmm. like that stuff. I know it's small and it's almost unnoticeable, but if you're really watching the trailer, you're really digging into it. That's where you start to see like how much of a graphical difference is between this game. And the previous generation and that gets me hyped because this is what i've wanted for years i've really wanted a true console experience for pokemon um and pokemon let's go did a really good job of like scratching the surface of that but here we have the true next evolution mm-hmm. so that got me that got me really hyped now aside from that the region because i'm so you know enticed by the overall shape of the region like the verticality of it all like mm-hmm. i'm intrigued by that and that that makes me a little bit you know excited as well because it's like we've never had a region that looks Mm-mm. like this i can only imagine how what to expect within it like how do you actually traverse this region because it's gonna be weird because you know normally we're used to going like up left right side to side you, you start to go all these different directions mm-hmm. and then you finally get to the top of the summit at the end and this time it's like you're gradually going straight up until you get to that sign i'm assuming those buildings at the top of the pokemon league that seems to be the general consensus for what people think uh i i tried to think of other possibilities and i just honestly i couldn't i just couldn't think of what else they could be uh maybe they just like a battle frontier or just like a, a post game t- tower just that but it's Honestly, I think that's just the Elite Four. <laughs> I think that's just Elite Four final area. I don't know. All right. So 
Guys, that's going to wrap up our Pokemon Sword and Shield part of this discussion. Uh, we're going to take a two-minute break, and when we come back, we're going to bid Sayonara to Reggie in our second topic of this uh, weekly period. So we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you are just now joining us, we just finished wrapping up our discussion for Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, and now we're going to go ahead and slide into our second topic of this weekly period, and that is the departure of Reggie fils the longtime Nintendo president and COO. Whew. So, I wanted to start this discussion uh, just by talking about who Reggie was. We know that he was legitimately the president of Nintendo for the last, you know, decade or so. But who was he before? So Reggie, he's got like a really great story. He He's born of Haitian immigrant parents. And uh, this is a guy who kind of really built himself up. His uh, mother worked at a jewelry store and his, uh, his father was just a mechanic. So he has like some real like blue, blue collar roots. And this is a guy who you know, brought himself up. He he went to Cornell University uh, and just really applied himself. And not just at Nintendo. Uh, before Nintendo, he worked for Procter & Gamble. Then he worked for Pizza Hut. Uh, and under his tenure, they launched the Bigfoot Pizza, which I know you guys are probably not old enough to remember that, but it was a very big pizza. Like, it's supposed to feed like 20 people. It was huge. It could feed uh, one it, Bigfoot. <laughs> and he also launched the Big New Yorker, which is a New York-style pizza, obviously Reggie being from New York. Uh, so mm -hmm. it makes sense that he would kind of make Pizza Hut move into that general direction. But after that, he went on to work for oh. Guinness Imports. Did we lose him? Oh, can you hear me? Hello, hello? Hi. Did we lose you? Uh, didn't seem like it. All right. Uh, okay. Let's just go ahead. Uh, after Pizza Hut, he went on to work for Guinness Imports. Uh, then he went to work for the as the chief marketing officer of Derby Cycle. Eventually, he found himself <laughs> as the vice senior vice president of Panda Management Company, which is the uh, Pan <laughs> Panda Express, essentially. Finally, he joined uh, a VH1. And in his tenure as VH1 senior vice president, he has been credited as a He's been credited for increasing the ratings by 30% by shifting VH1's focus from an older demographic to a more younger and contemporary demographic. So what all this means is that Reggie is essentially a marketing genius. He, he went to companies and through his knowledge of marketing was able to increase the status of these companies. Now, granted, maybe the, there's no, the Big New Yorker and the Bigfoot Pizza those aren't a big deal now, 
But when they were unveiled, they were a big deal for companies like Pizza Hut. And obviously, the shift in focus that Reggie implemented at VH1 has made VH1 get higher ratings than MTV. Because of that shift of focus, VH1 is now a higher rated channel than MTV. And before that, there was a big delineation between which one was the better. MTV stood at the top and VH1 was at the bottom. Now, you could make the argument that because of Reggie, MTV doesn't show and VH1 don't show a whole lot of music anymore. But at the end of the day, like, this is what those ch- that channel needed in order to survive. If one for mm-hmm. Reggie, a 30% increase is huge. Like, be real, 30% is a huge increase when we're talking about ratings and, and the survivability of a company. So big ups to Reggie for, for making the decisions that he made in his tenure there. And then finally, Reggie moved to Nintendo in about, uh, I think it was 2003. That's when he joined Nintendo. This is a guy who is not, he's not a tech guy. By any stretch of the imagination, this guy has no real background in, in the tech space. He worked for food companies and TV companies. He, but he understood marketing. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, he st- understood marketing. And at Nintendo, he became uh, the uh, vice president of sales and marketing for Nintendo. And I just remember the first time Reggie like really showcased himself, took a hard stance. My name is Reggie. We're here to to kick ass, take names, and make games. This is a guy who knew how to market, not just himself, but he knew how to market Nintendo. And that says a lot. He, he came with a different perspective uh, than the previous presidents before Reggie was the president of Nintendo. You have Minoru Arakawa, Arakawa who was the son-in-law of uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi, who was the president of Nintendo of Japan. So, and then after Arakara was uh, Tatsumi Kimishima, who would eventually go on to become the president of big Nintendo in Japan. So keep in mind, Reggie is the first American-born president of Nintendo of America. So that's a lot of influence right there. Just to see him move into that spotlight become the first person to do that that's huge really huge it's it's almost akin to when satoru iwata became the first non yamauchi to run nintendo of japan like we're looking at a similar space here as far as how this company has evolved uh but in his tenure reggie's had a very interesting tenure at, at nintendo because he's seen the lowest of the lows but he's also seen the highest of the highs like Reggie was present for the Wii era, the Wii U era, and he kicked off the Switch era. Guys had a very interesting career at Nintendo. Uh, so personally, I'm I'm kind of sad to see him go, but that's that's who Reggie is, and he is retiring to, in his words, spend some time with his family and his friends and be with. He wants to be with the people he loves, and he's still relatively young at 57, very young for an executive to retire. Um, so today I just want to make sure that we give Reggie his, his, his just do man, because the guy, the guy did a lot and, uh, and it's awesome because if it wasn't for Reggie, we wouldn't have things like, you know, those amazing, like E3 competitions, like the Nintendo world tour or the world championships that we've had Mm -hmm. for smash and Splatoon and arms. This is a guy who understood marketing really well and 
implemented them in some of the most fun ways possible. So, yeah, let's give Reggie his due. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about Reggie memes. What is your favorite Reggie meme? Um, I'm not sure if these are, are Reggie memes or not, but Reggie was in them. The the E3 press conferences where we had the the sort of Muppets and the their robot chicken were just fantastic presentations. Well, that's the thing. I, okay, so I would consider those memes because, but those are self inflicted memes. Those yeah, are, that's mm-hmm. definitely a conscious decision on his part to participate in those instances, mm-hmm. and those have become memes in and of themselves my puppet is ready uh personally i think my favorite meme is the my name is reggie we're here to kick ass take names names and make games i I love that i love that because it's like you consider the company that he works for and that's literally the opposite with the exception of the make games part it's literally the opposite but he said it with such seriousness that it is in in and of itself hysterical. You 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 mm-hmm. say that, and you just can't help but chuckle at that. That's like, dude, you work for Nintendo. You don't work for you know Rockstar. But I loved it. Uh, I also have to say I love the uh, the uh, robot chicken stuff, especially mm-hmm. where he like decides that where where all the bad guys come out and he has to fight them. So he eats the fire flower. Well, let me take. Let me go Reggie on all these. Whatever or he murders the uh the, the journalist with the fire yeah with well, for about the three which I love when they make like they're they're self aware like that where they can say like yeah I know my body's ready or or when they know everyone wants mother three and they're not gonna give it to you when they're self aware that's just so great so yeah I love those memes uh but I also man uh there's just there's so many Reggie memes I'm, I'm I gotta look through them all. But yeah, I mean, the guy was the guy. He was just hysterical. Uh, oh, just watching him play Wii tennis was absolutely fantastic. Just watching him just uh, on that E three stage it just looked terrible. But I mean, he was he was getting it. I mean, we're we're ta- going to talk about Doug Bowser a bit later on in this discussion. But honestly, just will Doug Bowser have that same like presence? Um. Uh, like how he markets himself first of all but also like will he will doug bowser be memeable with a name like doug bowser i hope so but will he will he be reggie's reggie meme level i don't know i have ended up i've already done the thing where i've cropped his head onto a picture of bowser like that's the obvious meme though that's like yeah like no that's no but still like you look at all the things that like that feature reggie and there's just so many of them uh my body is ready for December second. You, you, you smash, mm-hmm. oh, or just the thing of him in like a metro, like him. It's like, it's like a picture of his face, and then it's got like the the Metroid, like uh, the HUD that you see from Metroid. Love mm-hmm. that. Oh, but man, um, man, there's so many Reggie memes. I'm like, I'm at a loss for words because there are there are too many of them. I'm not sure if it's necessarily a Reggie meme, but it's the E3 hype train where it's got like, uh, Reggie's like is the face of the train. Uh, Miyamoto is like on the train, just like waving his arms, like screaming. And they got like uh, Mario in the train, they got Zelda in the train, they got Pikachu spitting out money, they got, and it's like E3 hype train. That was a fun one. You know what I was done? Oh, the Animal Crossing one where they did like a me, uh, not Animal Crossing, I was like the, the me verse one where they've got like where Reggie's like got a, a, a giant me head on. 
Mm-hmm. And it literally his like his uh his me. His me, yeah. But but it's like his face, and I'm like, oh my god, that's so insanely accurate. Like it does look like Reggie. Just it's so stupid. It's so stupid, but the you, me fighter Smash Bros. 4 reveal uh, was really good. Yes, actually, that whole trailer with him um battling it out president president Iwata. Uh-huh. Oh man, that was that was so good. Yeah, but what I think I really want to say is Reggie really embodied like the spirit of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. He, he was the president that we kind of needed, uh, just because before him, Tatsumi Kimishima and Minoru Arakawa, those were two really straight laced guys. We actually didn't mm-hmm. see very much of them. Um, they were always working behind the scenes. In fact, during uh, Arakawa's age, it would be better to see it, Howard Lincoln. Uh, the vice president of Nintendo and uh, who? God, I can't remember his name. Uh, oh man, Peter Main. Peter Main and Howard Lincoln were more of a face for Nintendo than uh, Arakara ever was. Uh, now, granted, now Arakara's second language is English, so it makes sense that in those early days they would have fluent English speakers, you know, at the forefront of Nintendo of America, but mm-hmm. they. They didn't hold the top positions. Arakawa did, and just to see those guys really take the, you know the lead as far as who shows up to speak about what uh, during the Reggie era, Reggie could just get up there and just do his thing. Uh, and we saw some great moments at Directs. We saw some great uh, stage stage presence at E3 when they were still doing stage shows, and when they moved into like the Direct era, I always loved the moments where like he'd be in his office and you see what mm-hmm. his office would look like. And you see that it's decorated in Nintendo memorabilia. There's just so much Nintendo stuff. Like he had a mm-hmm. this really great statue of uh, Ash and Pikachu uh, from the advanced generation series and all the other stuff. Just like his office was like a mini Nintendo museum. Uh, I think at one point you even see like the puppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you actually, you met, there's the Ash figure that you mentioned. It was in the retirement video, but then there's also um the the non-specific action figure. So even like very very yeah. niche direct things, non-specific action figure from like the the zombie U Meverse yeah. uh, reveal. Yeah, that's the Wii U. That was one they uh-huh. the Wii U. I forgot about that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, and he's in the office. All this weird memorabilia that uh, oh Nintendo memorabilia that's just chilling in his office, and you realize that. Reggie was a fan mm-hmm. of, of the work that, that Nintendo put out. He wasn't just a guy who knew marketing company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, he is a marketing genius and he was the president. This is a guy who probably genuinely loved Nintendo as much as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, like he, he mentions what? Yeah. He mentions at the end of his uh, retirement video that he, he is still a gamer. He's a Nintendo fan. And I think that really does ring true to his character. And that was the thing that got, that really just got me at the end was that like, he, he really is, you know, one of us. He's yeah. He's a, a established uh, businessman. He's, he's uh, a man of high esteem. He's a marketing genius. Like we said before, but he, at the end of the day is, is, He's a family man who wants to spend time with his family. He's a Nintendo fan. He's a he's, he's a gamer. He he likes a good meme here and there. And he even points him out in the retirement video. Like my body is still ready. Like he's he's one of us. 
He really yeah. is. I'm, I'm just looking at his retirement video, and you look at his office. The things that are in his office. Mm-hmm. He's got his game award in his office, mm-hmm. chilling on the desk. He's yeah. got the first four figures 3DS holder. He's got the Ash statue. He's got the Amiibo. He's got the Star Fox. Uh, the I'm sorry, the R wing from uh, Battle for Atlas. He's got the Gorok, the Goron statue. He's got a Hylian shield back there. He's got like one of every console. And ah, man, the guy, the guy was a fan. You can just you see it. In his mm-hmm. and, and the way that he talks, he really, really was a fan. Um, I want to talk about my favorite Reggie moment real quick. It was when Smash for Wii U was being showcased at E3 uh, with the Smash tournament. And uh, Reggie's talking trash to Hungrybox. Mm-hmm. He's like, I will kick your ass. ass like, next E3, yeah. I loved it. I loved it, man, because the guy was just up there talking trash to a pro smasher, but you could tell he's just having a blast while he was up there. He's like, if you beat me, I'll give you a job. Just talking all this trash, and, and it's it's so perfect. Man, Reggie was the dude, man. Like, ultimately, we'll never really know how much influence the president of NOA has versus, like, the decisions that get made uh, with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. You would have to imagine that it's, it's not as influential as we would like it to be, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah, because you you have to you you probably understand that like the biggest games are going to be released internationally. Uh, per, mm-hmm. So I don't know what the extent of his like influence is. I just know the influence that he has on me as seeing him as a public figure, and that's also important to be to be a public figure because not many presidents of companies are like that engaging with their audience they're mm. not gonna sit there pop up at the you know the showcase is we never saw steve jobs invite you know a fan onto the stage with him to showcase you know a new iphone you, you know steve jobs and then talk trash like I, I can make a better iphone than you <laughs> like it's he's not gonna talk trash to him either like a fan uh, yeah you're not you're never gonna see another executive do that uh so it was really nice to actually have that in, in a Reggie. Uh, and I love mm-hmm. the Reginator meme. The whole Reginator meme is fantastic. And I love the fact that he took that and ran with it. Like, And they even did a whole E3 showcase where like he is the Reginator. And that was fantastic. I was like, get it. You know, the, guy, the, guy, the guy knew how to market himself mm-hmm. as much as he knew how to market for Nintendo. And I would say in his tenure, Nintendo's marketing – did get a lot better man i don't know if you guys are old enough to remember what nintendo commercials were like in the 90s but they were kind of lame until i mean all 90s commercials were though i I don't know you look at some of those sega commercials and they still hold weight but uh the play it loud campaign really that's before Rexy's time was the first time nintendo really got like aggressive with their marketing and even that was like super cheesy uh Mm -hmm. reggie's tenure you start to see like way better Nintendo commercials. Like, uh, one that I really like is the commercial for new Super Mario Brothers. Uh, and it's just, it's a bunch of, you know, it's just a real world, but then you start to see, like, items from the Mushroom Kingdom start to populate, like, alongside the streets, inside people's houses. Like, somebody will have a fish tank, and in their fish tank is a... Uh, a cheap cheap? 
yeah, yeah. instead of like a, a goldfish. Like you start to see that their marketing got a lot better. Or the best one as well, when the 3DS came out and they were advertising for Mario Kart 8. And they were advertising, I'm sorry, Mario Kart 7. Seven. Yeah. And uh, you just have these great commercials with a bunch of adult, like maybe 26, 27 to 30 year olds playing a bunch of DSs. And my favorite commercial is one where the dudes are playing online and, and they get beat by a Japanese girl, right? Yes. Yes. That's the exact one where they get beat and they're all like, who are these guys? Who are these guys? And then you cut to the little Japanese girl and they're like, should we let these babies win? And she's like, no. Nah. They're like, <laughs> and I love that commercial. It's such a fantastic commercial. But there's a clear delineation from when Nintendo commercials got good. And I think that's during the Reggie era. And so I think he took that, that marketing sensibility that he had and really applied that to the way that Nintendo showcases their, their content. And I think that makes a huge difference in, in what we saw in the past and that you just got to love those kind of changes. Now, again, he did see some real big lows. Like the Wii U era was a, just five years of pain. Mm -hmm. But you can't even really blame him for that. I think he did probably the best job he could have with what he had. Uh, mm -hmm. But in the Wii U era, we start to see like the aggressive marketing come back real hard. Uh, when the Switch launched, uh, Nintendo spent more money on commercials than any other video game company. I think in one month, they had spent something like $7 million on just advertising. $7 million is a lot of money. Like, but so it was worth it. Get to see Nintendo that aggressively market the Switch, I know for a fact that those kind of decisions get made from up above. So... Mm. For him to allocate $7 million just on advertising, that's a lot of money. And it's a, <laughs> and you know he had to be a little hesitant to do it, but ultimately he made that decision. And, hell, look at the, the great commercials that the Switch has had. Like, I love the advertising campaign for the Switch has been pretty much phenomenal since that very first trailer. The moment, like, where you see the guy playing Breath of the Wild and then he snaps it takes it off, yeah. On and then it takes a walk. And since... You start to see a very similar style of commercials since that one, but they're really good. Like, I don't know if you've seen the recent one where the dude is like playing in the taxi and then he goes to like a party and they all start playing Mario Party. It's a great commercial, mm -hmm. but it's all just building on that first, like that first Switch uh, commercial that they did and that reveal trailer that they did for the Switch. And it's just really good marketing. And he's not just targeting like the younger demographic anymore. He's, made sure that the, the advertising skews upwards. That like mm -hmm. you start to see like older millennials playing these games. So you and then you get the trickle down effect. Like you see the adults playing and the, the adults look cool playing and then you start to see that the children gravitate towards that. And then he even has chill child specific advertising. Mm -hmm. Very, very great marketing for the Switch. You have to credit Reggie for a lot of that. That's actually I really wanted to touch on that too. So we talked about the the hard times for the um for the Wii U that he had to market for. Um and and most of, if not all of, the Wii U commercials were were geared towards children. Uh I don't I don't think there is any any Wii U commercial that I can recall that did not sort of cater towards the child uh or just family, like elderly people, whatever, uh, uh audience, because they they 
the Wii U was built to market the same audience as the Wii, which just honestly was not there anymore. And so they they made it, key marketed a console uh, that was made for the wrong audience, and he did a good job, honestly, with that. Um, but then you look at the Switch, it's it's targeted for those millennial groups, those people who don't have the time to maybe um, play games on TV but want to play them on the go, or, or you know, uh, those adults who, who want to rediscover games, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and it does trickle down. And then they also, then they, after just the steps, and this is not a kid's console, you didn't see a single kid in any Switch commercials for a long time. And now they have their own separate ones. Now they have intermingled ones, and it's it's coming together. Oh yeah, man! It's it's all really great marketing. I really do agree with you. I, you're right. They did not show a single child um, um, unless that child was accompanied by a younger looking parent. Like, mm-hmm. like, not for nothing. But they made those parents look like oh, I had a kid when I was seventeen years old. Well, see <laughs> the way the way I view. Those adults. So those adults are are their older brothers and or uncles. Is what's happening. True. Okay. I, okay. I'll buy that parents. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely uh, buy that excuse. Yeah, I want to. Go ahead. No. Going back to just the Mario Kart Seven trailer or commercial. Though there was this one DS. A lot of the DSI commercials I thought were just brilliant. And one. This is probably my favorite Nintendo commercial for some weird reason. It's these two guys on their DSIs, they're taking photos of each other and just distorting them and insulting each other. Like, your nose is so big, only a mother could love that. And it's, I liked that one a lot. That's like my favorite Nintendo commercial. And I don't know why. It I, just is. I remember that one. But yeah, like, in Reggie's tenure, you saw a lot more aggressive advertising. And mm-hmm. those kind of decisions do get made by the president. If you've read Console Wars, which is a great book by Blake J. Harris, and I I implore you people to read that book and also read his new book, which just dropped last week, uh, mm-hmm. The History of the Future. Um, he talks about the decisions that were made by Tom Kalinske, uh when he was the president of Sega. And you saw, and his role, very similar to Reggie's role. Um, actually, it's identical. But you saw that Tom was very instrumental in the development of commercials for Sega. Like, he, he reviewed the commercials, he approved commercials, he denied commercials, and he was pretty much in charge of, of marketing uh, to, to make Sega seem like a more aggressive company than Nintendo. And what Reggie does, he did the same thing that Tom Kalinske did. He made Nintendo's marketing more aggressive. When he was just the marketing supervisor, up until the point where he was president, he made Nintendo's marketing much more aggressive, and it really helps Nintendo, especially right now, we're starting to see mm-hmm. really great marketing, and obviously the the content, the, the the good content that's coming out on the Switch also helps that. But uh, you see that Reggie, his tenure is where those those decisions start to happen, and it makes a huge difference. Uh, but I think we've given Reggie enough of his due process. I think it's time to talk about Doug Bowser for a little bit. So mm-hmm. Doug Bowser, actually, he's a relative newcomer to Nintendo. I believe mm-hmm. he's only been part of Nintendo since about 2015. Yep, looking at it right now. Uh, he has a very similar uh, structure. <laughs> he worked for Procter & Gamble, same as Reggie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also worked for EA. Um, 
we can think good or bad about that if we're being honest. like mm-hmm. don't it's a red flag but it's also not inherently a yeah. bad thing either so i mean we can take that with a grain of salt um but but doug bowser he, he we've seen him at a few nintendo events uh he mm-hmm. he's been at the uh at the events that they hold at the nintendo world or nintendo mm-hmm. new york as, as it's now called we've seen him do events there uh he's also memed himself as being bowser a few times yeah, team bowser so he, i mean it does seem like he does have a pretty good sense of humor so mm-hmm. hopefully he'll fill the the role of he'll fill reggie's role with the same kind of sensibilities he's also kind of a marketing wonderkind uh if we're being honest uh he just has this really fun name though just be all here it is the reign of bowser bowser has taken over the mushroom kingdom successfully the keys to nintendo's kingdom have been taken by bowser like that sentence alone i never thought we'd actually get to say that sentence and it actually hold real weight uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean the guy. The guy is a he's had a good career in the video within the video game industry, uh, working for EA. What he does from here on for, I'm a little excited to see because he is known for aggressive marketing. So I'm wondering if we're gonna see even more aggressive marketing in his tenure as president, um, or if we're gonna see him steer the ship in the same direction that Reggie did. Uh, that being said, though, I don't think the company is in bad hands. I think this guy knows video games. He knows what makes a good video game. And I think he knows de- he definitely knows how to market. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, his tenure. I-, I don't think Reggie actually officially steps down until April. I believe, I believe he said so, yeah. I think he said oh, April. Around the 19th of, of April? Um, I I think Doug will will follow the same sort of path Reggie has at least for a year or two. Um, Reggie mentioned that he like he personally trained Doug Bowser uh for the role, so I think just that influence will linger. I think a lot of the the course Reggie set is still sort of on track, and Doug Bowser can't veer too much from that if he really wanted to. Um. But uh, I think once he gets maybe more acquainted with the position, uh, gets more freedom with the with the things he has that are just uniquely to him away from Reggie's path, we could see uh, a different change in marketing. I do think it'll be good. I think he he knows what he's doing. He has the experience and the the knowledge. Um, I don't think he will he will make every Nintendo game have microtransactions like like the the irrational fear. But uh, I I wonder if I I. I hear bad things about the, the corporate EA. I think he left. I don't know his whole story. I think he would have left EA because of that, maybe, though. So it makes sense if that was the case. So I think he's a good apple in that light. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's worked for Gillette, man. Like A razor company? company? Yeah. A more, is there a more yeah. successful razor company? Than no. Gillette? Okay, that's fair. I, I have faith. I mean, so, I mean, the guy's got tenure. I mean... He's also he he's said it on numerous occasions that he's a huge fan of old school arcade games, specifically mm-hmm. Donkey Kong. So the guy the guy knows like good games. I think he I think he's gonna do a great job. Uh, as far as what we actually really know about him, he's fifty three years old, so he's actually not that much younger than Reggie. Reggie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird to see Reggie Reggie retire at this yeah, age and Doug Bowser age. step up. Yeah. So, I, I'm 
I honestly yep. am surprised at how how young Reggie is retiring. I guess it doesn't it, it does make sense that you know if he wants to spend that more time with his family, with his uh with his friends, etc. And he he's in a position to do to do so as a vice president for a big company for this long. He has the the available funds to retire. I'm sure. Um, it is it is kind of sad to see him go. I, I admit, I would have liked to see him stay longer up until maybe like sixty to seventy. You know, when I'm when I'm old and old and gray at that point. Um, but I don't know. True. I mean, but you know what? Get out while you're on top. As always, Fair. Been, uh, it's always been like a thing that I think we can always respect about people is knowing knowing when to leave. Knowing what okay. it's time to to put things aside, I, th- I think that's respectable of anybody. Uh, mostly, okay. most of the time, I would only really apply that to athletes, um, because it's, how how often do we see an athlete stay too long, take a bunch of hits and bruises? But what we got to see was Reggie in the lowest point of Nintendo and bring wait, it to the highest. Yeah, wait back. You know, wait till we get back to the high point before. Like, I'm not leaving this. I'm not jumping off this ship. Until it's upright, until mm-hmm. it's above water again. Um, that being said, though, I'm I'm really looking forward to what Doug Bowser brings. Like, I know that none of the things that he basically the rest of this calendar year is pretty much coursed out for him. Um, there's nothing I don't think he's going to be able to do uh, in time to make any significant changes to whatever their E3 plans are. Um, E3 coming up seems like it's coming up fast. Man, we're we're already at the end of February, so mm-hmm. feels like E three is just right around the corner. I know it's June, but whew, it just feels like it's coming up fast. So I don't. I think their E three plans are pretty much set in stone. We know that they've already rented their space, and I think I think the floor plan got leaked a little bit early. Uh, we know that they're going to have a relatively large space, but I think yeah, Reggie's pretty much plotted the the course for for them to follow for the remainder. At least up until E3, so I think it's after E3 that we're gonna start to notice uh, some changes uh, under Doug Bowser's tenure. But you never know; maybe the course stays mm-hmm. the same, and and the transition is so smooth that we don't know. Don't even notice. Exactly, like we just don't notice that Reggie has departed the company. One respectful thing I want to put out on Reggie is like back in like 2014, back in the early, early Wii U lifetime, you know, back when it was failing, uh, they, you know, instead of like firing employees, having the other employees take uh, pay cuts, uh, Reggie himself took a pay cut. And and I think Iwata and other like big higher up execs took those pay cuts instead of firing, getting rid of people. That's something that a, not a lot of executives would would do. They would just fire. They would cut the other employees' pays, and that was that was kind of respectable, I thought. Yeah. Mm. All right, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know if we have anything left. Uh, like Doug Bowser is kind of a mystery for us right now. It's like we have to wait and see. Generation. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the only thing I can find about him is just like where he's worked. But I I know that he he kind of. He has a similar background to Reggie in as far as this is a marketing guy who is now going to be taking over, you know, the role of president. I think there's a kindred. He, I think Reggie saw him as somewhat of a kindred spirit, and that's mm-hmm. why he's moving into this role. And uh, I've noticed that in this time, in in the in the last couple of years, that he has typically been in places where Reggie would be, like those old, like a uh, like at the Switch launch. I believe he was there in Reggie's tenure. 
like Doug Bowser handed over, you know, the first switch. I think, like we've seen, we've seen him. Um, I'm sorry, not uh, he handed out the first copy of Mario Odyssey, whereas Reggie would have typically been the guy to have done that. Mm-hmm. Switch. So we've seen him filling some of Reggie's roles already. So, like I said, I, I'm I'm excited to see what what this this uh this new direction for Nintendo may be under his tenure. Uh. Aside from that, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap this show up. So let's go ahead and move into our closing thoughts of the episode. So I think we had a lot to talk about. We got, you know, obviously today being Pokemon Day, we got to see our first look at Gen 8. Uh, We got to talk about the Detective Pikachu movie. Uh, We got to talk about (laughs) the death of Melee at Evo. Uh, That's a horrible way to put that, but still. and then, obviously, we get to bid adieu to Reggie Fizeme, the president of Nintendo. Uh, all in all, this was a really fun show for me. Uh, there's just all these topics were really hitting hard, uh, and I've been wanting to talk about Reggie pretty much since you know he made the announcement. So trust me, guys, it's been a long week because I've been wanting to talk about this since the announcement got made. Wow, like that was a day for me because the same day that Reggie retired. Uh, George St. Pierre, the UFC fighter, also retired. So I was like, how can you guys both retire in the same day? I don't understand. This is too much emotions, too fast. But because I don't have an MMA podcast, I have a Nintendo podcast, I'm going to talk about Reggie. <laughs> Fair. No, no, like... I think today's episode is, is a lot of wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see if, if the Detective Pikachu movie is, is any good, if it warrants a sequel, if it warrants uh, uh, surpassing uh, Marvel's Avengers Endgame. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see for Gen 8 for more details to see if it, what we what we predict comes true, how the game does. And we'll have to wait and see if Doug Bowser, uh, how he fares as the president, uh, how Nintendo fares without Reggie, etc. It's a lot of wait and see beginning of the year and let's just ride it out. <laughs> you know what? That's a really good way of putting today's episode. It is like, it's all on the horizon. Mm-hmm. It's a really good way. I didn't think about it. I think that's good enough. I don't think I can say it any better. So let's go ahead and hit them up with these social media links. Guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at nice one nine eight three. I'm going to have a link in the description below. You can also email me at nice one nine eight three at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Facebook facebook.com slash nintendo power zone if you're a fan of the nintendo power zone podcast you can always download new episodes on itunes google play music stream new episodes on stitcher radio but if you want to watch the show live you can catch us right here on youtube youtube.com slash nintendo power zone but wait there's one more thing we are now one more on spotify on what we are now on every every major platform exactly every major platform so there is no excuse for you not to subscribe to the Nintendo Power Zone podcast. We will always do, we'll have the episode audio a day after the video presentation. So if you want to watch it first, you got to catch us here on YouTube. But the next day, you will find us on every other streaming platform. So yes, we are, we're there, guys. Uh, before I let Blues hit you up with the social media links, I want to thank all the people who've recently subscribed to the Nintendo Power Zone. Don't think... I haven't noticed the subscriber number jumping. Thank you guys so much for becoming part of this family. We really appreciate it. We love bringing you this content every two weeks. So yeah, there's going to be a lot more coming in 2019. I promise. Uh, we've got the unboxing videos back. 
and there's going to be a whole lot more content. I promise you, 2019 is going to be a big year for us, but right now the priority was getting the podcast back on track, but hey, we are eight weeks in. We haven't missed an episode, so guys, yeah, we're back. Blues, social media links. All right, you can catch me on Twitter at TheKingBlues, same thing with Twitch and YouTube. Uh, Once again, it's always great to be on the show. It's, it's, I like talking about things I like. I, I want to be into the podcasting business to so see the fans, you know, you know, support this and get more growing audience has really been huge to me. Thank you all once again for, for letting me on the show. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we will be back in two weeks. That's right. We're in two weeks. We're not missing episodes this year. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. And remember to stay fresh. <laughs>